I mounted my podcast microphone to a music stand hmm. because we've been doing virtual flute, not choir. And that, you know, which is, you know, up a piece of the weekend, you know, whoever wants to play it, plays it. And, you know, do that week by week and talk about it or whatever. Um, and then mostly just talk about the horrible state of the world. Hmm. But because we were using Zoom for that, there's a whole like, uh, well, you have to tell it to like use uh, original audio if you want to use instruments because otherwise it tries to filter it out. Oh, nice. <laughs> it thinks it's background music. Well, it, it thinks it's noise. Ah. So that didn't work. Uh, it was like, <laughs> it was, and like, not even like a little bit. Like, it has no effect with like the built in uh, iPad microphone, what we're using because uh, me and my wife are both doing it. Uh, snuggled up to the same uh, iPad rather than, you know, like mm. being in sound isolated corners of our not big enough apartment <laughs> for that. <laughs> right. I was wondering, like, do you even have such corners? Yeah, because there's there's only two ways to do that, which I'm sure, you know, it's it's been six months. People have figured this stuff out by now. <laughs> but so the, the other uh, idea was, OK, maybe it's like iOS, like contributing some canceling because like the internal microphone is really a pair of microphones something something whatever so i mounted the real microphone on it and you know because the ipad is USB-C, so it's you know effortless to get it into that that's what i'm talking into now with a music stand in my face <laughs> sure why not and also an ipad <laughs> but the mac is recording because <laughs> as we just went through can't trust the ipad to you know listen to audio settings or in general That has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Right. It, I'm like was, trying to think of a segue. It doesn't have to be a segue. It's just, you know, some, something that is not going to be nearly as depressing. <laughs> In anger news, some nerds are uh, making an AI to uh, determine the trustworthiness of faces, which on its surface, if you're a complete dummy who's never taken a humanity, well, who's never paid attention mm -hmm. in a humanities course in most likely his life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that seems like an okay idea. You can like constantly scan, see who's likely to be a mugger, who's likely to, you know, try to pickpocket that nice lady. Uh, but actually, <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous nonsense that perpetuates racism because everything, I mean, what isn't nowadays? It's amazing how these bros think that if you add a computer to old fashioned and feed it racism, mm -hmm. that you'll get anything out of it, but racism, like this is so as, as Joe points out in our show document, which none of you can see, this is phrenology. This is the, uh, I believe it's 19th century uh, pseudoscience of uh, determining your character based on the lumps in your skull. Now, coincidentally lumps that were lump patterns that were more often found in white people were more associated with positive characteristics than lump patterns that were more prevalent among people of other races who'd have thunk it yeah um and as with most quackery uh uh and this also applies to iq tests um it doesn't even work with itself like like if you gave it the benefit of the doubt that it was real it it turns out that like the findings weren't even there, <laughs> like whatever th uh, correlations you thought we were making, like just weren't there at all. Well, because it's silly, <laughs> and this whole this whole thing is silly. I mean, how do you how do you train 
uh, machine learning? What what data set do you give it? Well, maybe you could sit down a bunch of people and ask them, you know, give them a bunch of sample faces and have them rate them on trustworthiness. Well, guess what? You're just feeding it one person's bias and you can feed it 100 people's biases. And well, guess what? Those 100 people live in a society. Right. That that has certain biases baked into it. So this is also like like when you actually like start to like read the summary paper. It's like, you know how uh, like the whole RNC was like describing Biden as if he was the candidate we actually wanted. Right? That's so <laughs> hilarious. It's like he's going to make it basically communism. And we're like, no, he's not. That's why we didn't vote for him. <laughs> I mean, enough people did, but like, no, he's not. Not even close. Yeah. So uh, this, like, they uh, they built their own model by having, you know, a bunch of people rate various faces. And where the th this comes into like, oh, you almost got it, but then you did the exact opposite. Mm. Is what comes out of this model or, you know, what they didn't even need to make the model to do what they could have just taken like from like just their you know training set is that trustworthiness or i guess it's just like trustworthiness is proportional to whiteness right and also you have to have a slight smile apparently right so so all of us resting bitch face people are obviously inherently untrustworthy and i'm gonna snatch your dog right but instead i might the conclusion they came with was that um, throughout history, portraits were getting more trustworthy and that there was no correlation between GDP and the trustworthiness of the president, <laughs> according to the face algorithm. And it's like, wh what? All, <laughs> all they've built is a cultural bias revealer. <laughs> right. <laughs> like and 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 so that has changed somewhat in the I mean probably large amounts of facial hair are seen as less trustworthy now than when they were more common maybe or like I don't know. I can't think of another specific example. <laughs> but like why do they why do these people sit down and do this sort of thing and think that they're doing science? How how have we failed them? Yeah, <laughs> such that they think this is that, that that they're really doing something. Right. No, th this is the inverse of my. Uh, um, you know, uh, don't let real scientists like just tell Python to do anything, and you know, uh, let you know say that they're doing computer science. Um, and at the same time, don't let computer scientists tell python also to do a bunch of stuff <laughs> right. and call it you know another field like uh uh you're supposed to learn enough about each other's fields to work together cross-discipline not just sort of be like oh well I, I read the wikipedia article on this entire you know <laughs> uh phd uh field so uh you know I've, I've got it yeah it's just it's just really remarkable i mean and there's so, there are existing examples of using machine learning to money launder your your societal biases and it's obviously the same thing mm -hmm. <laughs> if you've got even the remotest education in the humanities it's like how how are these people who think of themselves as so very smart not able to draw a line between what they're doing and what the people who developed phrenology heads did like 
it's silly. Like, I guess, so in science, you ask a question and then you try to answer it. And their question was, can we use machine learning to determine the trustworthiness of a face? And the answer is, of course, fucking not. Right. That would have been a valid paper. <laughs> but <laughs> they were like, here, we made this thing and it does this. And isn't that great? Well, no, actually. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah, and, you know, there's also, you know, a, a deeply, um, I don't know if it's necessarily American, but part of the misunderstanding of like how science, like the scientific method is supposed to work is that like a big piece of peer review is not that you read someone's paper and went, oh, it checks out to me, bruh. Um, mm. <laughs> it's that you look at their procedure um, and you replicate it and you get the same results or you don't. And if you don't, you call them up, you know, ask for clarifications, make sure you didn't do anything wrong. Um, and like, that's like when that process goes through enough other people who have not like spoken to the person before they started trying the experiment again, have said, yeah, no, this basically, you know, came out the same way. That's when it goes like from not peer reviewed to peer reviewed. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even if that procedure were followed perfectly in the case of this particular experiment, if they only, if they, if it was literally peer review, like only other computer scientists, well, yeah, you're less yeah. likely to catch. I mean, it, it does seem like, one of them should have been like, hey, wait a minute, this sounds like it's got a component of sociology to it. Perhaps we should have a sociologist look at this. And then they would be like, oh, my fucking God, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, that doesn't happen. But of course, they published it to something that has nature in the name somewhere. You know, so it, it's. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The Evo Psych is a whole field of complete and utter nonsense. Yeah. I, an English major, <laughs> am confident. Well, I have a master's in computer information scientist, so no. But yeah, no, that, that's, that's made up. Yeah, it's bullshit. But what I was getting at is that people don't seem to see the value in, like, writing a paper about something that doesn't work after putting in a bunch of time, not as, like, a failure of, like, whatever your original goal was, or even if it is, like, you have to write that down so someone else doesn't waste their time with it. Ideally, Yeah. Like, it would have been a good paper to write, this was our original uh, uh, idea, and it turned into this because uh, when we looked at, you know, this obvious correlation <laughs> uh, uh, with whiteness, uh, we were mortified. But they weren't. <laughs> so there is a value in negative papers, but I feel like that's not the case here. Because it's perfectly obvious that there's no way to objectively determine the, somebody's trustworthiness based on their appearance. You just can't. It's not a thing. It, yeah, but yeah. like... Yeah, they're so I, far from it. They really... It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, anybody with that idea should be like, oh, no, wait, of course that's silly. But they haven't taken enough humanities courses yep. <laughs> to, or paid attention in them to realize that, no, of course not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There are whole like old timey times fields of of <laughs> that that tried to address this and and actually I mean you can tell it's worthless to write those kind of papers because they, we know that that's bullshit because we can look at that old timey time science and the results that they came out with and and it's perfectly obvious that it's nonsense. Again, if you ever paid attention in a, in a humanities course in your life, if you've been even even mildly well-educated, which is harder and harder to achieve in this society, I realize. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of our uh, amazing U.S. education system, 
Um, <laughs> before we get to the uh, still occurring outbreaks that were obvious, um, uh, something I came across in like reminding myself like some of like the details of phrenology was that it was used on both sides of abolition. <laughs> I mean, that's true. You'd be like, look at this noble head on this on this person who you've been treating as a subhuman animal. And on the other side, it's like, but white people have these kind of bumps and whatever. Right. The arguments were that so like both sides agreed that like the bumps showed that the <laughs> like that, you know, black people were and like there's like uh, I, I refuse to like look for it. So I'll, I'll just share the this, uh, my uh, memory of a description. So <laughs> but so, you know, those nice detailed science diagrams that are in science books with, you know, the weirdly flowery text but everything's written all tiny and the lines are straight. So it had one of those where there was the uh, white phrenology head, a black <laughs> phrenology head, and an ape phrenology head showing the clear similarities between two of those. Uh, and you can guess which oh, two. No. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Right. So it was, well, you know, it's, you know, these aren't people, so of course we can enslave them. Versus, they're not even people. It's immoral to enslave them. <laughs> because they're so primitive. It's, oh. so, so And it's kind of funny, because there was another school of thought, like that white faces were considered to be more uh, more similar to like babies than, than black faces or something, which indicated how, you know sophisticated the humans were and it's like they totally change what they want to look at depending yeah. on <laughs> like depending i mean the goal is always to say that white people are superior <laughs> to all other races but it's amazing like like seemingly opposite <laughs> things can both be used to argue the same point which is because i mean white supremacy is a hell of a drug yeah and when it's pretending to use science it's stuff that was quackery even during the time it was well, I mean, I, I don't know that we can say it's unpopular now. Uh, maybe I should have said heyday. I don't even yeah. know if that's right. <laughs> I mean, Republicans are definitely saying the quiet parts out loud again these days, and it's sure something. Yeah. We also had the forced sterilization story the other week. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. There's a doctor in Georgia who is not, incidentally, a board-certified gynecologist or OBGYN, who has just been removing uteruses from uh, immigrant women detained in one of those wonderful ICE facilities for no apparent reason. And uh, some nurses were like, this seems weird, and reported him. And it's just amazingly horrifying. Yeah, and the reason this ties into phrenology is, so the, the U.S. has been doing this since it discovered the hysterectomy. I don't know if discovery is the right word, but whatever. Since that became a medical procedure that was written down and part of real science. Although, did you did you hear about the... So there was this procedure called Escher where they, like, inserted some, some crap, some, like, fiberglass or some shit into your tubes. And the idea was that your tube would scar up and you'd be infertile. You'd... you'd it, it was permanent birth control. But it turns out it's actually really bad for you to have, like, substances in your body that deliberately cause inflammation because they don't necessarily stop causing inflammation yeah. <laughs> when you want them to and they can ruin your life 
uh, and it took a really long time because this is women and we don't take women's pain seriously uh, to to realize that that maybe we shouldn't be doing that anymore. So it is no longer FDA approved and you can't have that anymore. But it was just remarkable. And of course, that's women who want to be sterilized. They just don't want a lifetime of chronic pain and autoimmune disease. They were not, they didn't think they were signing up for that. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've already spoken about the uh, uh, oral male contraceptive that like canceled oh, during it gave them phase some one. Nausea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because of some whining. Okay. So. It's true that it sucks. <laughs> I mean, we obviously, when we develop a drug for people, we don't want it to have a bunch of horrible side effects. But isn't it funny when we care about those side effects and when we do not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, having a baby is is worse than any pill side effects <laughs> that I've ever had. Um, that's not the case for every woman uh, or every uterus having person. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, back to the the uterus extraction. Right. Uh, so, uh, the the U.S. has been doing this um, not just in, in terms of like, it, like it's been like, and I think it's still legal and was done kind of recently where they offer reduced sentences for getting, uh, you know, subjecting yourself to some form of sterilization. Do they really still do that? That's amazing. Yeah. That's fucked up. Because, <laughs> you know, the idea is that, uh, well, going back to, you know, our tenuous grasp of genetics that phrenology comes mm. from. Right, uh, the criminal type. Yes, the criminal, <laughs> like, you know, the the, uh, the the crime lobe is hereditary. So right. you will be doing more crimes uh, and your children will be doing crimes just by being your progeny. Um, and not having anything to do with, you know, the economic situation they're born into by having their mother be in prison. No. no can't be that. Uh. <laughs> Never mind what their circumstances were before they went to prison, which probably led to their being in prison. But, yeah. you know, details. And uh, one of the legal diagnoses or charges, I don't know if it's both, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for being sterilized by the government eugenics board, which like North Carolina had until like like 1975. Good name of a department to have. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't call it that nowadays, but we wouldn't not have it. Yeah, was f feeble mindedness. Well, that's obviously very scientific. Yeah. So like, not only was it never a thing, <laughs> but because it's not a real thing, that also means that a judge can just slap it on anyone they don't like. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like, let, let, let's say I get falsely accused of something um, and it falls into like classic ADD behavior, then I could have been declared feeble minded because I already have a mental health diagnosis, which like until 1986 was called retarded. Like it was just part of the big old retarded bucket. Right. And, you know, could have been given a uh, <laughs> a sentencing deal of like you know, six months because I'm white or sterilization. <laughs> I mean, being white would would be a, a great deal in your favor. Well, that's what the Supreme Court said. Like it like when it did reach the Supreme Court, the ruling was that like, well, you have to do this to the white people, too. <laughs> right. Like we don't we don't it's, have a problem not... with the principle of it. <laughs> That's not, that's not, this is like men getting eating disorders. That's not what we were going for. Right, yeah. <laughs> when we mentioned how, how it's terrible how women get eating disorders. <laughs> we didn't want it to be fair in the sense that men now get them at higher rates too. 
Yeah, it's not. It's not the goal. Yeah. But of course, we're only going to move toward shittiness because, I mean, who hasn't realized that since 2016? Yeah. Although, I, I, I will point out that in the, uh, it has been going on for six years that, that mm-hmm. she was aware of. So, if anyone wants yeah, to do the math. Why did you wait that, so long? Yeah. It seems like, I don't know, after maybe, okay, so. One, unnecessary hysterectomy, shame on you. Two, unnecessary hysterectomies, shame on me. You can't fool me again. Right? <laughs> like, it, one might be, okay, well, maybe I just, you know, don't understand why this was appropriate. But, like, when it's, when it's after, certainly after three or four, you might start to be like, you know, I think he just likes doing that. Yeah. I mean, also, it's probably... um uh, Medicare fraud as well. Well, it goes I mean, through it's, something. Right. It, it's Somebody's still defrauding paying... the taxpayers. Yeah. Right. Just the specific program is, I'm not sure. Yeah. And it, and it's still, you know, like considered to be like, so uh, when we were like unwinding the whole thing where we sterilized one quarter of the uteruses in Puerto Rico in the 70s, real thing in today's dollars, it was estimated that each procedure, uh, $150,000. <laughs> And and during that, the, the same thing, you know, it was basically the same exact thing, which is like, like, there is an intentional language barrier here because um, you are, you know, racist ass doctor doesn't speak a word of Spanish and the patient does not speak English well. Um, and you made them sign something while they were having the pains of labor, <laughs> which is like not informed consent, which is like, yeah, what, I wouldn't like, call it that. It's like one of the reasons why, like, we require that now is like specifically this. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so like, like evil is the only way to describe having someone come in screaming because they're in labor and like getting like and starting to like negotiate, you know, just being right. like, shove a clipboard in their face. Right, be like, now we'll help you with this delivery. But, we'll, you know, then, you know, we're going to perform a hysterectomy on you. And, you know, you're uh doing that horrible thing when where you're talking down to someone who you think is you know of lower uh education of you where you would be using intentionally big words and talking fast like trying to widen the existing language barrier that you already know is there you know it's coercion it's evil it's torture yep and it's america (laughs) we were always this a fine american tradition and just because we mentioned it and there's nothing to say about it other than you know just that it's occurring but you know, all those schools we said were a terrible idea to reopen. Turns out they were a terrible idea to reopen. Yep. And we crossed 200K deaths without, like, notice of it. Yeah, everybody's kind of bored now. CNN used to be all day long, just 100% coronavirus coverage. Now it's everybody's like, yeah, I guess another 100,000 people died, whatever. It's, on, it's only a been a literal 9-11 a day since April. <laughs> Yeah, somebody tweeted uh, that that some some school district or whatever was just shocked that parents yeah. would send their kids to <sighs> school sick, and it's like, how are you shocked by that? How, like, well, you know what it is? That's a fucking computer scientist playing sociologist again. Except probably. you know, except it's you know an epidemiologist not talking to any teachers or whatever. But it's still right. the same sort of like. Did you think of asking anyone? Anyone who would have information, <laughs> like, come on. Talk to a waitress. <laughs> Ask her what she would do if her child had a low-grade fever 
and she would definitely get fired if she missed a day of work. Yeah. So your choices are like starve or maybe your kid has the COVID, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe, you know, he's the eight-year-old version of cutting a tooth, whatever, yeah. or something yeah. minor, hay fever, whatevs. Yeah. It's totally a thing that you would jump to first during this, our era of super virus. So, yeah, I mean. I hate it. I hate it all. 